The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapete on SAFM. Dr. Juri Lamini, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. How are you, Ma? I'm good, thanks, Songhezo. Thanks so much for having me and good evening. Indeed, good evening. A welcome intervention, supposedly, one might say, but... In a typically good society with a high ethic, these sorts of funds in the first place probably shouldn't be there. Well, for South Africa, we are there. Now the long road starts in making sure that we change the narrative, especially for the abuse of women and children in this country. No, definitely. I completely agree with you. And uh, I never lose hope in our society. I think we always forget where we come from. Uh, the dignity that was taken away, people who don't love themselves. I can go on and on. So I don't think we should be hard on ourselves. Uh, The healing takes time. uh, But uh, if we do it in silos, if we don't talk to each other, then we're not going to heal as soon as uh, we would like to. Um, The fund is really a vehicle for the private sector and civil society to contribute Uh, and the resources thereof will be used to implement the national uh, strategic plan, the six pillars of the national strategic plan. So in a nutshell, that's what the fund is about. Do you want to tell us more, please, about the pillars so that we can sort of undergird the conversation on some of the issues then those six pillars would invariably be touching on in South Africa's response to gender-based violence and femicide? Definitely. Uh, It's actually an outcome that goes way back when we had the presidential summit, uh, which was instigated by women who said enough is enough. This was in November 2018. And uh, we've had this pandemic of gender-based violence uh, against women and uh, femicide for decades. But uh, when women took up uh, actually and said enough is enough, we had a responsive president who called a summit. Uh, to cut a long story short, we are sitting with national strategic uh, plan, which has uh, six pillars that address uh, different areas of the pandemic. The first pillar talks to accountability, coordination and leadership. The second one is prevention and rebuilding social cohesion. The third talks to justice, safety and protection. The fourth is about response, it's about care, it's about support and healing. The fifth is economic power. And the sixth is research and information management. It's quite comprehensive, as you can see. And if you look at each of the pillars, there's a different sector of uh, society that has a bigger role to play. If you just look at the fifth pillar, Mm. economic power, you know, it's uh, when women are vulnerable because they earn less for the same amount of work. There's something wrong about business that allows that. When women, when the phase of uh, COVID is women because they are frontline workers more often than not, uh, there is something that has to be done by society. So each pillar talks to what we individually and collectively can do. Uh, I was say, saying earlier on, when you talk about leadership, it's not just about government leadership. It's not just about the private sector. It's leadership of self. When we look the other way, you are an accomplice when something wrong is being done. So I, I, I do believe that the first way of looking at this 
is our role individually. When we say we're raising funds, it's not only about the millions. Yes, we need the millions, mm. but even a 10 rand adds up to a million. So I would like each one of us to have ownership to this fund because when women are abused, when our kids and our women are killed, who are we as society? Women are the pillar. Children are the future. What future are we looking at? What, what do we aspire for? So I do believe that it's a time for each one of us to say, what can I do to make a difference? Dr. Judy Lamini, chairperson of the now newly established Gender-Based Violence and Femicide Response Fund. It is a board. They are collecting 10 rand. They are collecting a million rand. Thus far, the Ford Foundation has pledged some 20 million rand to the response fund. And this is a project of President Ramaphosa, whose genesis comes officially anyway from the summit that was held on 2 November 2018, when at that time, and it is always has been, enough has been enough. Just quickly, what I was able to get, because the good old doctor went through them like a speed of light. Pillar one, accountability. Two, prevention. Three, justice. Four, responsiveness. Five, economic power. Six, research and information management. Those are the six pillars that will be the work of the board in channeling funds and interventions at a private sector and civil society level so that the country can enjoy its freedom, more particularly its women. If you want to contribute, please do so. Johannesburg, 714. 2006 011-714-2006. Do drop us your voice notes. 0614-104-107. Under a minute. Be clear. Be short. No background noise. We will engage. The presidency today has launched a GBVF response fund. Doc, let, let's talk about the work of the ministry. Just suspend for a moment the thinking cap that you would have as the chairperson of the board. What, if any, is the contribution of the ministry that is headed by Minister Maidengwane Mashaban. After all, it is my understanding that as a minister in the presidency for women, youth, and persons with disability, there may be the concern this is a duplication. Well, not at all. You know, if you look at just the first pillar, it's accountability, coordination, leadership. What I would add is collaboration. You know, when we work in silos and when we look at each other and say, what are you doing? Not much gets achieved, one. And also the effort doesn't add to much because there's less impact. What we are saying is that, what are you doing? How can we work with you to actually make a rent go that much further to understand the issues on the ground and help to make a difference? So accountability from the ministry, accountability from civil society, accountability from individuals and the private sector. So it's not only about just the ministry. By the way, I'm happy that they helped to lead uh, to where we are now, uh, delivering the NSP, which was led by uh, Professor Olive Shisana. And uh, I also want to hasten to say mm. the president of IWFSA, which is International Women Forum uh, of uh, South Africa, has been very instrumental in where we are today. She's actually worked tirelessly. That is uh, Irene Chandley. And we are grateful for that because this initiative is led 
by IWFSA on the business side uh, with the support of a lot of other corporates, uh, but also the president. We're going to continue the conversation with your indulgence then, Dr. Julie Lamini, chairperson of the newly established Gender-Based Violence and Femicide Response Fund Board. It's a project within the presidency. It is, of course, a private entity in the context that it's not per se a government institution because it is really a collaboration between the private sector and civil society. Six pillars upon which its work will be based for the better outcomes in relation to gender-based violence and femicide in the country. To the extent you wish to participate, we'd be more than happy to engage your thoughts. After the break, please dial us. Johannesburg, 714-2006. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.9 FM in Port Elizabeth. on SAFM. Let's take one call in the context of the presidency launching officially today the GBVF Response Fund. On the line, as our guest is Dr. Judy Lamini, who is now the chairperson of that fund. Let's go to Port Elizabeth. Wayne, good evening. Uh, yeah, hi, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? All right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short, man. It's, uh, I think a concern that a lot of people might be worried about is, you know, and we heard all the same promises and, and things about the, all the money that was raised for COVID. How are we going to be sure that there's, there's no corruption and, you know, money being wasted? At, Dr. Julie Lamini, you heard that short and sweet to the point, the concerns the public might have when they are talking about funds being administered in the name of this initiative or the other, if there's one thing COVID, among many other lessons we have been given, is that corruption knows no bounds. Could their uh, concern here be legitimate? Uh, it is legitimate, and thanks very much, Wade, for asking that question. Uh, what's important to realize, though, is that we're talking about government funds. We talk about corruption that has happened uh, as far as PP is concerned when it comes to government. It's wrong. It's unacceptable, but uh, we're now talking about a fund uh, that will be managed by the private sector. If we just look at Solidarity Fund, it's been exemplary in the way that it has managed funds, and we are not going to be any different. We are going to be transparent, accountable, and we will give feedback how much has been received, how much has been spent, and on what. So we are very sensitive of the trust deficit we have as a nation and uh, we completely understand that someone will say why should i put money in this but what we promise and what we commit to is that we will observe corporate governance because integrity is what really defines us individually as board members and also as the association that i belong to iwfsa we certainly don't doubt the personnel who are involved both at the Solidarity Fund and certainly if the chairperson is anything to go by, South Africans can be rest assured that this particular response fund is equally going to be above reproach. 
But isn't that in itself a serious concern in terms of our public institutions, the trust deficit, their inability to credibly manage funds, that this might be the way to go? One would have thought that, for instance, the Solidarity Fund would be centralized within government as a coordinated function of the many ministries for the purposes of targeted response as they are occasioned by COVID-19. Similarly here, because this is a pandemic, there's no other way to describe it, that it is located outside government as opposed to within, more especially when there is a ministry looking into these things located within the presidency. Uh, you raise a valid point, Songezo, but this is about collaboration. This is about private-public partnerships. We don't have enough of those. And I truly believe that we do need a lot of those to just make sure that there is cohesion between the sectors that are very central to the economy of the country. So I don't see it as a bad thing. So I don't want to cloud issues about issues that are happening in government. I'm focusing just for a minute because, you know, we can paint everything black and forget about those snippets of uh, sunshine, if you like. Sure. I'm, I'm sorry I have to use black and I happen to be black, but you know how it goes. <laughs> and But yeah, you know, we do have those nuggets of goodness and we need to build on those mm-hmm. rather than throwing stones at them. Let's take a couple of more calls. First up in Bushbuck Ridge, Vincent. Vincent, you're on air. Vincent, you're on air. Not yet. Okay. Doc, just one more question as we try to get Vincent to come back. Vincent, don't drop the phone, please. We are trying to get through to you. Doc, you mentioned the fact that the president has called on the private sector to continue contributing resources and private sector extends to just the ordinary South African. To the extent that we are talking about giving effect to these six pillars, what sort of programs of action can people expect either to participate in, to volunteer? When we're talking about resources, what is required to do what? In other words, unpack these six pillars. We know, of course, you're looking at making sure that they are entrenched. Exactly how are they going to unfold is the question. Okay, great. Uh, just briefly, Sonia, so we mm. were incorporated seven days ago. Uh, so everything is quite new mm. and uh, we're building as we go. Uh, but what's important to know is that one, we already have a website, which is www.gbvfresponsefund1.org. If you go to that website, you'll understand what we are about. Two, a contribution is going to be key in terms of money. Uh, we are sitting at 110, just over 110 million rand uh, as a fund with this uh, uh, launch and uh, we are hoping to raise more. But as you asked, and also as I explained earlier on, there is more to it than just giving. Locally, we have community organizations that are doing brilliant work. And if you just go to the Solidarity Fund work, you may or may not be aware that they have this uh, humanitarian uh, section. And I think it was in August when they went out understanding that we have a twin pandemic and COVID exacerbated an existing pandemic of GPV. Mm. Uh, They donated uh, money uh, to some of these uh, initiatives. 
around GPVF. We are talking to them to understand the terrain better than we currently do as a new uh, fund. And uh, we will collaborate to make sure that our efforts are coordinated and they are informed by the need on the ground, because that is key. Uh, Solutions have to be from the bottom up, because the people that are affected understand the challenges that they are going through, Mm. and they understand what they need to get help. What we know as I sit here today is that we need to build capacity for those people, those organizations, non-governmental organizations that are doing brilliant work, but they haven't got capacity uh, to get more funds, they haven't got capacity to manage bigger amounts of money because they are used to Mm. these small amounts that they do great work using. So that is the way we see it, a good diagnosis on the ground of understanding how we can help and report back, be transparent, and uh, engage the public. So that is what uh, we commit, uh, we will be doing in the next month. Let's take the call then. Vincent, I understand, is still on the line. Let's get through to Vincent. Vincent, good evening. Let's go to Mike. Mike, good evening. Reporting from Durban, Durban, directing to the Beach Fund. <laughs> Montana, uh, the President, Cyril Ramaphosa, is practicing the non-disclosure act. He will not answer questions about the COVID-19 contracts, the cost, who they ordering it from, how much they ordering. I worked, I, I, I got work enough that terrible nightmare the other morning. He had deposited 230 million in some middleman accounts uh, in December, it was, for this. I, I had a dream that this money and the middleman disappeared. Now, I'd like to know if this vaccine that's arrived from India, was it paid for out of this 230 million? I, th- I think we're talking about two different things here, Mike. Dr. Yeah. Judy Lamini is only in a position to speak to, of, and about the gender-based fund. So let's move on, seeing that we are not particularly on subject matter. McDonald in the Midvale, good evening. Thank you so much. I understand you're a first-time caller. Chris, how are you? Well, sir, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much for asking. And, uh, lady, um, sir. Welcome. That's your welcome. Talk yes. to Judy. Talk, um, talk to Dr. Dlamini, please. Yes, I'm glad that the fund has been set to assist women and children in terms of, you know, what women we are. Uh, we are putting more effort on women and children, and they are not the problem. The problem is us men. We can have that we need, but as long as men don't change their mentality of thinking that when you're a man, you can do whatever you want, then we still have that problem. I think we are struggling with your line. I don't know how much of that Dr. Lamini was able to get. But to the extent that I did get something, I was able to take away from that that the problem is men, as opposed to putting in more resources for the protection of women or something of that kind or to that extent. The real intervention needs to take place in men. What then, within the pillars that you have adopted for your work, does indeed target men, Doc? Uh, Thanks very much, Donald, for that uh comment. Uh, It is true 
but uh, it's not going to help us to just focus on that. What's going to help us is to say, men, you know, you are the main cause. How can we work together to solve it? Each and every one of these pillars talks to men and women, but more so to men. Mm. When you talk about accountability, be accountable for your actions. Be accountable for your anger. It's not the woman's problem that you got retrenched, right? Because it's funny, it's the way maybe uh, we received uh, our oppression, which dehumanized us, where you would actually be called a boy at work and come home and practice being a man by being nasty to the woman that supports you, you know? So he's right. We need to change. There's a mental change that has to happen for all of us. Because sometimes as women, we also perpetrate this patriarchal way of looking at things, just always blaming ourselves when the blame actually lies on men. So I do think that Donald has a point. But each pillar, as I say, when it comes to prevention, men do have the key. When it comes to building social cohesion, it starts by changing the culture that this can only be done by men. Uh, you mustn't wear this because then you look like a woman. Don't do this job. Don't wash dishes. What's your wife doing? We're all working. Let's help each other. So there is a lot of just the mindset shift that has to happen before you go to justice when things have gone wrong. Here's one question which is probably going to be a bit of a difficult one, and I understand you could be in a well, tough position because it is new and the foundation's life is yet to be established. But one of the things that society in the general narrative is calling out for is that one pillar of accountability. Accountability, particularly among the leaders in our society who are the very offenders of or in relation to gender-based violence, both in the private and the public sector. To what extent then is that pillar of accountability going to apply to our leaders who wield and yield a lot of influence in society such that if they are being brought to book, it might render the work of the fight at large and your work in particular that much more meaningful. Uh, accountability is key. I agree with you, Sangeza. Uh Just r- moving away from government because we have a lot of culprits here. Mm. You know, when you talk about corruption, government is not corrupt on its own. We as the private sector are corrupt with government and sometimes we corrupt them. So there is accountability from all sections of society. When business pays a woman less for the same job, they're not being accountable. That is harm to women. When there is no safe Stays at work because you are abused by the boss. You have to do this so that you get a promotion. That's lack of accountability. So it goes for everyone, individually and collectively. And uh, I, I really want to emphasize this because we always are throwing stones at government. Look, we should, when they mess up, we voted for them. But let's not forget the private sector. 
they are just as bad. Collectively, we need to call each other out and do what's right. This is to be lauded. We wish you well in your work. And this is probably as good a time just to reinforce that this is an initiative of all South Africans, not least the ordinary person like Songhezo to own this and to help the fight against gender-based violence and femicide. Dr. Lamini, all the best for the time ahead. Thank you so much, Songhezo.